Steph said that she's um, quarantined she's until quarantined. Monday. Just Monday? They said two weeks. I don't understand. But this. I think They're not Monday hold- is two weeks from when she was in Milan. Uh, Milan yeah. Oh, France doesn't count? Last night I was walking home and there was this man in front of me just like waving his arms in the air. But he was dressed like really well. It's never good. And he was like saying something, but I wasn't really like paying attention. So then I was like, I wonder what he's saying. And I got closer and he was going, awesome Lord, awesome Lord, awesome, awesome Lord. And then he turned around and he was like, hey neighbor, Lord is awesome. Look at the moon high in the sky. And then he kept walking. Wow. Did he make up that song himself or is that a I don't know. Never heard it. Never a famous tune. I thought I had a neighbor song um, story. I don't. I don't have a neighbor. I don't have any story, anything like that well, at you all. You have those gross neighbors who are like, "Please vote for Adam Driver." Oh yeah. <laughs> I signed a um, a neighbor uh, stopped me on my stoop and she goes, "Hey, my friend is running. Do you are you registered to vote here?" I said, "Yeah." She said, "My friend is running for something. Will you sign this?" And I said, "Sure." Fuck it, let her run. I mean, you know, if the people want her, they'll vote for her. Give her a chance, you know? And we're here on Corporate <laughs> Lunch asking you to give us a chance. A chance at another 50 to 55 minutes of your time to bring you um, fashion customer service. This is episode 86. Can 85. we start? It's 85. This is- We've also been uh, referred to not merely as the primary or the premier fashion customer service um, a, a podcast, but also the most soothing male voices available on any podcast. The three most soothing male voices <laughs> in podcasting. Uh, it's because we have the latest technology in voice. Um, so- in voice. Soothers. Yeah, in voice soothers, but also just in voice. Um, yeah. Sam has a really advanced voice. All right, here we go. Coming at you live from uh, the Corporate Tower quarantine room. Episode 85 of Corporate Lunch. We're back. It's Sam, Rachel, and Noah. We've had a lot of um, uh, mega wattage in here lately, but this time it's the three amigos am- amigas, um, in the stew, which is nice um, for the hard drives and uh, for your ears since we do have the most soothing voices in um, podcast in history. Podcast history. Um, Sam just notified us of a very important email that just came in from one of Zach Bia's stalkers. Yeah, Sam, what does that email contain? Uh, it contains a, a confession and a couple attachments. The confession is that um, this guy has been uh, digging up, re- you know, he's been researching Zach Bia for some months now. <laughs> and uh, As he attached, that story, but um, he atta- the real expert. But actually, here. here's a screenshot of a couple notes from my phone, uh, a lot of which the info is wrong, but he included a... Um, uh, class photo that Zach B is in from 2010. So unsurprisingly, um, Sam, freaky is, Sam he is hearing this. from um, Zach Bia fans and haters. And um, because um, this week, Sam, we published a big story by Sam. Um, Interestingly, titled. I actually haven't heard from many oh. haters, okay. um, except for one guy who tweeted out the link and said, you know, rich dad next, as in like, don't read this. Yeah. Like, who cares? His dad's rich. And I DM'd him, and I was like, "Read the fucking story, man." Right. Uh, and he just said, "No, it's too long." So there you go. Well, <laughs> classic hater behavior. So, so, well, you know that gets canceled out by the person who on Zach Bia's Instagram was like, 
I read the whole thing and I never do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing for someone just to admit that outright. Wow, I read this whole article for the first time in my 26 years on this planet. (laughs) I read the whole thing. Um, I also, today we're going to do a little compare contrast between um, two figures who loom large in the corporate lunch universe. The uh, corporate lunchiverse. What is it? Does it have a name? The CLU? The landscape. Um, Mm -hmm. The landscape. In the landscape, and uh, that's Brian Boy, which whom Rachel um, just finished a big profile of, which is out now on your computers. Is that correct? I mean, it's not now, but it's out on Monday. Brian Boy and Zach Bia. um, The big reveal is that Brian Boy is Zach Bia's dad, and that's (laughs) why Zach Bia is so famous. No, but I got. I will admit that I am guilty of googling who is Zach Bia. I think I probably did it a a while ago. I Mm -hmm. maybe. Two years ago, is that possible? When did yeah, when did yeah. it begin? Okay, he and first he first became. I mean, like one of the main points in the Zach Bia timeline is December 2017, which is when Drake um, first put him on the main feed. Of got his it. Instagram. Got it. So maybe that's what it was, and then I maybe had also noticed that he was hanging around uh, fashion and streetwear types, and then like many, I spotted him at a Vuitton show, right mm-hmm. in the front row. I think the first. The first Vuitton show mm-hmm. that yeah, I he went was, to. He was in seat number two. And yeah. the crazy thing he was, was like, like next to ASAP Bari. And you're ASAP, like, wow, there's that guy. There's that guy. There's who's that guy? Yeah. Like every the whole that whole front row was like the most loaded front yeah. row of all time in terms of like star power. Totally. And you knew exactly who everyone was except I, mean, I didn't him. know. I maybe didn't it wasn't Bari. Maybe it was Ian Connor. I think he was next I to Ian Connor. And yeah. Ian, Ian Connor, Connor seat one. had this pile of Wheaton bags with him like he brought he mm-hmm. brought his own and he had like that bodyguard and like he had this whole thing that was pretty funny like he and was then, gonna sell them yeah <laughs> that would be great he put a blanket put down a blanket. and he like put them all out you want bags bags um and uh and Zach B was next to him so you know uh, there's a lot of people in the landscape I think that you gotta you know one wonders about like who are they which that question really means like how did this person get here why is this person here? What do they do? Well, I think at the same time we have these um, parallel questions of like, how does like Drake know what art to buy or what club to go to or like yeah. what is streetwear brand is like really cool that like just some kids started doing out of their bedroom like a couple mm-hmm. months ago, and uh, or like how did he meet this person or that person? And it's always there's always like these kinds of people behind those people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like th- that one. That the guy who owns that club group was like, really wanted to talk about how like knowledgeable Zach was. That he's just a guy who knows a lot about everything and how important mm-hmm. that is. And he had this amazing quote that actually could have been. I mean, you could have just taken the story in this direction only. But he was like, because we didn't come from nightlife, we just had a totally different way of thinking about parties. Like, how do we have an after party for a skateboarder? Yeah. Is that what the quote was? Yeah. It was like, yeah. Or a skate shoe launch. A skate shoe launch, I want to know yeah. who the skater was. Yeah. Probably like Nija. I talked to Zach about this a bit um, as I was working on the story, just like how does a bottle service club work? It's like a thing of the um, past. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, like New York nightlife hasn't really been, hasn't really revolved around clubbing for a long time. Um, and the way that he explained like what he was doing as a promoter is if you have eight tables in a bottle service club, four tables are for people who are paying. 
um, and for tables or for people who promoters bring, like models, skaters, um, you know, just like young, like hip people who like create the vibe to populate so that the, the four people who, so that the four tables that are paying think that they're at a really cool club because maybe they are. It's funny. Like, I feel like one thing that your story did pretty well is, um, like there isn't necessarily like a secret, um, about who Zach Bia is, you know, like it's, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And, uh, that may seem sort of unbelievable, but, but I was just like, a just thinking about, um, my life and, and our lives together here. And I was like, we all know, you all know people, like I knew people in college who kind of had this ability. I yeah. mean, they didn't, none of them became Zach Bia, like for sure. Like one in a billion um, actually become friends with Drake through that. Most of them just like drop out of school and like start smoking crack. But um, there were always those kids who from a very young age had a supernatural ability to not just like socialize and like create big social energy, but, but like immediately as if from some inborn, like natural ability could, could like figure out how to operate it. Like there's Mm -hmm. a, your story kind of quickly, not quickly, but it it gets you to a point where it's like, well, the next thing you know, Zach's just like at the door, just like working, working the list and doing this and doing that. And it's like, for some people, myself included, it's like, I would like, that would never happen. Something like that would never happen to me. Like by no chance or luck or anything, partly because I, I don't even have the skills or I wouldn't even want to be doing it, but there are, are people who naturally find themselves there. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of that guy. Yeah. He, one thing that I noticed when I met him pretty early on was that he's, he's very interested in other people. Um, and I think there's a tendency to think that like, of like the quote unquote influencer figure as someone who's like quite self-centered and narcissistic and yeah. taking selfies, whatever. Um, and Zach just had that sort of very smooth, like, you know, way of interacting with people that I noticed both with myself and when he was, you know, talking to like Jaden Smith at this Tyler the Creator show or talking to Kaya or whatever, like it's, he's very, very, very smooth and puts people at ease and makes them sort of feel like, you know, they're the most important person in the room when he's talking to you. Um, which I think is like, you know, you can't really learn that. A lot of that I think is, is kind of a natural ability. Um, and because his mom is European. Yeah, his mom is French. She's French. But yeah, yeah you're, probably you're, has a big part of it. You're right. And his his story isn't that um unique. You know, it's sort of a it's sort of like a classic. You know, we all know people who come from similar backgrounds. Um but the reason why people are so obsessed with finding out who he is and Googling who is Zach Bia and all that. Um and so many people reached out to me saying, like, holy shit, I've been thinking about this for like years. You know, most influencers are people like that you see sitting at the front row of Witton, like it's pretty easy to figure out who they are, um, where they came from, what their deal is. You know, Zach, he was, you know, not really super intentionally secretive about his background, but, um, you know, he definitely, like, covered his tracks a little bit. It's unusual that to have a, I guess, someone whose background, if you could call it that, from is nightlife, for that person to be um, doing a lot of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think... And, and there, that's why it's not like you were saying, it's not immediately obvious who he is or where he comes from, partly because most people just sort of, sort of like have a job that you can, like we are mentioning that he sat next to Ian Connor, who's sort of similarly like this, uh, a controversial figure, but also kind of like a who is he figure. And it's like, well, he was a stylist for a long time, right? Or he was mm-hmm. like shopping or dressing like certain rappers. And that's like a pretty straightforward, um, easy to understand kind of like thing 
that that places him somewhere like in the context and Zach Bia seemed to kind of like yeah there's just not a straightforward logic to it plus the Drake thing is really mystifying I mean like it, it's one thing to be like oh he got to be tight with Virgil and he like DJs and does nightlife stuff it's another thing to be like no he's like good friends with Drake <laughs> it's so random yeah they text every day really tight and one of the things that really interested me about the Zach Bia story was not just who he is but why why won't we let him be like a self-made person like why why is everyone's first impulse to sort of try to figure out who his rich dad is um yeah you want to debunk it or yeah yeah and poke holes in it you know like that was one of the things that he really you know addressed with me when we were when we spoke was in his mind you know the people who don't want him to win or people don't want him to win because they're the ones who aren't doing it basically. Yeah, well, and he doesn't seem to deserve it. I thought for sure he was just a drug dealer. I was just going to say, I think also a lot of people his age are famous because they have famous parents. Do you know what I mean? So like, that's an yeah. assumption? One of the, like, uh, is it the lead image of the story is a photo of him with Kaya Gerber at a nightclub. Yeah, that's you know? one of them. Mm-hmm. So, and, I think um, there's kind of this sense that, like, if someone's 23, yeah. like, there must be some, you know, like easy semi-secret explanation for why they're famous. Yeah. Yeah, and he like went to high school in Beverly Hills. People know that, right? Or that was in the story. The comments on so Zach shared the story and he said, "Hope hopefully this answers some questions." It's incredible. Uh, uh Heron Preston is the first comment I see. It says, "Didn't we meet on a yacht in Cannes? I was wearing a Spaghetti Boys shirt, I think." You were like cool t-shirt <laughs> yeah we met on a yacht um is zach be an influencer i think he is like an influencer in the traditional sense of the word <laughs> <laughs> are there any influencers anymore he's in the what was that? it was zach be a dancer i think he i think i think he's really like part of like the the post professional influencer movement like there aren't that many like people whose only thing is being an influencer these days because that's like corny and doesn't really work. Or they um, are, they're all, I suspect that there are, but they're like, uh, like the only one, the example I know is like the hashtag van life. Like they're influencers that like, uh, they're like lifestyle influencers. Yeah. yeah. It's like food and wellness and CBD tea and like, uh, this hat and, uh, you know, right. right. Like, Zach does some like you know he he gets seated like rare Nike collabs before they drop you know he does some things like yeah and I I don't know if he's like expected to post those on Instagram or if um he's just someone that like Nike on wants to list. have that he's just on the seed list um but he's not doing that much in the way of like traditional influencing I don't think he's getting paid to to post anything no it seems um, more like he operates. In terms of, let's say, fashion style universe, more like a, an editor or a stylist. Yeah. Like that's the level of kind of, not that he's doing any of the work that those people do, but that's the type yeah. of treatment he's getting, let's say, in terms of where he's sitting and what people are sending him and like what and, he's wearing. Yeah. And, and he would say that he's, you know, influencing behind the scenes. Um, does he go to where did I saw him at a lot of shows in Paris? He I went to a lot of shows. Yeah, Rick Owens. He went to Rick. He went to Sakai. He went to a bunch. It's not. It's not just like the ver. Not just his friends' shows. Let's say he's really like. Yeah. What was your story? Didn't go deep on like his fashion, uh, 
involvement or interest or, or what have you. It wasn't necessarily um, what the piece was about. But did you guys talk more extensively about about that? And and I know he has kind of a, a streetwear brand, maybe. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's he makes um, clothing under the brand Psych World, which is I, so far they've basically just done like hoodies, tees, and sweats, um, and you know like Drake wears them and stuff like that. It's kind of like a industry plant streetwear brand a little bit you know he he his he he would say that personal style is like a big part of his life um i'm not sure that always like comes across what's but he he's definitely like the, he's definitely an enthusiast in the photographs what's he wearing he's wearing um a supreme sweater supreme like plaid cardigan zip up thing and then he's wearing like jeans and uh jimmy choo loafers because he was djing a jimmy choo party Oh, here's he posted his fit from the rickshaw. I remember he was yeah, wearing the Rick those, fit was really good. These track pants that were just all over the ground. He sort of dresses like a normal guy most of the time, except when he doesn't. Why is he friends with Murakami? Does anyone know that? Everyone is friends with Murakami yeah. in that universe. Uh, cool, cool. Okay. So, like in contrast, or maybe unrelated, but sort of related, Rachel's Brian Boy piece kind of looks at like another kind of omnipresent character. Brian Boy is really a fashion, a hardcore, classic fashion blogger turned influencer because bloggers don't really exist anymore, but really he's something other than that. Bia represents like that an entire next generation of sort of, uh, they say multi-hyphenate, but that kind of gets overused because if you really break it down, you're like, how many hyphens are there? Maybe there's like no hyphens. It's just sort of like, a doer, an operator. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like Zach Bia will like do whatever needs to be done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's like a fixer, you know. Yeah, um, which is like that's nightlife shit, right? Yeah. And but, uh, uh, ten years ago, he would have made an amazing like assistant to an editor in chief at Condé Nast. And now <laughs> it's like, why the fuck would he waste his time doing that? Damn. Um, I love the idea. I love that like Brian Boy and Zach Bia both sit front row at the same fashion shows right and they re- and they represent something completely yeah different. and when brian boy started sitting re- front front row at fashion shows which would have been is 10 years ago yeah 10 years ago uh you know he he was the the he and his cohort were were this you know subject to quite a bit of disdain from folks like us from the mainstream and the mainstream uh mainstream media and Bia is now in a similar position maybe not 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 the disdain because everyone's sort of come to expect that um unknown figures appear suddenly and uh and wield great influence but certainly is subject to a lot of questions skepticism. And, and skepticism yeah. and the and sense that they're a threat in some way exactly i think exactly like if he's got you know he's basically taking away a seat from uh you know some loser editor who at a print magazine who feels entitled to it right like ultimately i know exactly who it is who <laughs> i hope it is <laughs> No one specific, just the idea that there are, you know, there are more of us than can fit in those few tiny seats. Um, so, um, Brian Boy lives in Sweden. Mm-hmm. I still can't get over that part of it. I know. It's I just really so like that off the map. The Swedish pictures are incredible. I like, like the selfie that he, that he posts. posts, the fit pics from Sweden. I like on his Twitter, he, um, he posted a screenshot of a uh, text he was sending his husband um, about like having to be quarantined or whatever when he got back from Fashion Week to Sweden. And <laughs> his husband's name in his phone is Mr. Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like they, the night they met, he put it in as that. Yeah, exactly. It just never, never changed, changed, changed it. it. Like, what was his name again? <laughs> well, what's funny about Brian Boy is that he like continues to be relevant and yeah. continues to go to everything, which is crazy because like all of the other sort of peers of his have either become extremely like establishment, you know, like. Tommy Ton is like the the street style photographer for Vogue. Like he's like the guy. Well, along with Phil, um, but like all of the other people, they've either like gotten magazine jobs, made something like a magazine, like Man Repeller, or they do something completely different. Like Tabby Gevinson is yeah. an actress, and he like still is going after like almost 20 years is still going to every men's fashion week, every women's fashion week and couture week. And I think that that's pretty wild. And and as your piece um, explores, he has grown into, I think the most interesting, like, you know, stage of his career where he's just like a very unfiltered fashion critic on Twitter. Yeah. Um, well, that's, he just, he just like launches his unvarnished takes like from the front row about, you know, the Prada shows coats or whatever. Yeah. Um, and no one really does that. Who's actually like inside in, yeah. the room. You know, a lot of yeah. people, obviously there's a lot of armchair critics in fashion and HF Twitter people tweeting about how much they love this show or hated that show. But they don't, they're not um, getting invites anyway. They're not getting invites and they're not getting dressed by the brands. And Brian boy is getting, is, you know, both of those things are happening to him and he's still tweeting whatever he thinks mm-hmm. um, in between, you know, tweeting about, how much he loves Bernie Sanders. Right. The bur- the, bur- um, the strong Bernie Sanders endorsement this week has been... Uh, that's been a joy. Quite a thing to buy. I get all of my political news from the Brian Boyd Brian, Twitter yeah. account. I mean, uh, it's it's a super fascinating case in, in uh, the state of, I guess, like fashion criticism or just sort of unbiased fashion opinion, which we're all sort of starved for. And, you know, conventionally it was like, well, the reason bloggers weren't necessarily respected maybe this is a what you would call a hot take but the reason fashion bloggers weren't respected is because they were so beholden to brands because they had no leverage they had no establishment or prestige to back them they were on their own so they needed to be cozy and friendly and in the pocket essentially of brands to get to go anywhere and do any of the stuff that they need to do to promote themselves and grow their um their audience and and generate more revenue that way. So that was like kind of the difference, you know, like when I worked on style.com, it was like, we write these unbiased reviews of fashion shows. Bloggers could never do that because they're all getting paid by the brands. And that's why they were considered what, you know, you didn't respect them. Yeah. Also they dressed crazy and they were sort of peacocking and it represented this whole, there were all, there was all this other shit, but that's kind of been flipped around, right? There's so so little unbiased fashion criticism happening now, and then, and then, Susie Bubble also does like real yeah, fashion takes, does. doesn't she? And yeah. then you have sort of Brian Boy, who has grown and established himself in his own way, and no is no, seems to be no longer so beholden. He's still getting paid, he's still getting dressed, but has the freedom, or at least. Uh, it's understood that part of his brand is, is this sort of outspokenness, um, which is pretty interesting. I mean, he doesn't like, well, he can be pretty brutal. Does he ever just totally like eviscerate something? He's he'll say if something's terrible, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he like, he doesn't like Celine, for example. Yeah. 
Sam's going to have to fight him now because Sam likes Celine. And if you find someone that has an opposite fashion opinion to yours, you fight. This is how the industry works. Yeah, it's a, it's a he formal did, But he thing. also, like, um, I don't know. He, he like, said, um, like, when we were hanging out, he was like, you can keep the recorder going like, the whole time. So I have, like, six hours of, like, conversations is with him. Is he very chatty? Does he just go and go? Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, "This is." I mean, he actually said some. He said some like really interesting things, and I actually could have done like a total like a separate direction with this piece, where it's just like him talking about different designers and where he thinks they are. But he thinks that like the only good designer right now is uh, he, of course, Prada. Yeah. But then Marc Jacobs. Yeah. And he was like, "Gasquier looks like really dated." Does he think Marc Jacobs is going to get a different job? Does he think Marc Jacobs will go work at Chanel? He thinks Marc Jacobs should go work at Chanel, yeah. yeah. Um, Brian Boy was also very wrong about the Raft Prada news, wasn't he? Like, in the hours leading up to yeah, it. He, he was like, there's an announcement gonna coming. Sold. They're going to be sold. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, no you know, no one was right about uh, co-creative direction announcement. Yeah. I like how Brian Boy has, has also, like, grown into his middle age of style. <laughs> and he's just wearing Chanel. I and, mean, uh, and was, he remains beautiful and elegant and sort of yeah, ageless like i mean you could amazing. show me pictures of this dude he constantly uh tweets about his about getting old and talks about it which right which He's is sort of like a old. funny thing and yeah. it's like but you could look at pictures of him from the last probably 20 years and his hair might change but otherwise i can't imagine he looks much different he's very open about getting work done right mm-hmm. oh really he's, he's tweeted about that what a lot does he before. do get a little like botox a little botox, filler yeah. botox yeah um on the next episode of Corporate Lunch, we're all going to get uh, fillers and Botox. I'm going to get that facial threading that that woman on the Goop show did. That has haunted you. You brought that up truly, like every other day since you watched it. Truly horrified by that. Is that a regular? Did everyone I else see that? I had never heard of oh, that before. Okay. All right. Thank you. I was like, this is fucked. Do you know what she does? She puts dental floss from like the corner of her mouth through her skin up to her ears. And it's then like they like so, and then they yank it. Yank it's like the Joker Ooh. or something. Yeah. I hope Brian Boy's not doing that. Don't do it, Brian. Don't do it, BB. Elizabeth Warren just dropped out of the race. Really? Yeah. Wow. Who's she endorsing? Guess who's going to be happy to hear that? Brian Boy. <laughs> <laughs> she has to endorse Bernie. Uh, the, uh, the funny thing about looking through his feed is that it's like, Celine sucks. I hate Hedy Slimane. Michael Kors is beautiful. I can't believe Joe Biden won. Elizabeth <laughs> Warren needs to step down. What is the deal with these blouses at old Celine? Like, I don't miss Phoebe Philo. She is overrated. I wonder if Brian Boy knows Zach Bia. They must have encountered each other. The thi- Brian Boy also does dress like an old woman, which is... Yeah. Is the mo which kind of maybe that's another reason why he's kind of like back in our hearts because um, as Rachel pointed out, what was your recent story about how um, young men are dressing like old women? Yeah, we just are. Um, You look like an old woman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the only person in this room with not wearing an Hermes scarf. I just look like like but you're wearing a cardigan. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, I saw Mark Mark Goring from uh, O32C post today a picture of yes. him in a Chanel oh God, blazer so that looked killer. That it was the first time so I was like, good. like I always liked Pharrell and Chanel, like whatever. Brian Boy wears a ton of Chanel and like looks cool. It's just never, you know, whatever. It's ne- never uh, influenced me personally. But what? It, that's just a woman's. I mean, they yeah. don't make a men's coat. Obviously, that's just. Is it custom? Was it made to be for men? Did he just get it oversized? Like, what is the, I think he just what got is going it, on there? I think he just got it 
oversized. Next time Mark's in New York, we should. The shoulder's a little bit of a drop. It has a drop to it that looks like it should be. Yeah. Yeah, this, the you fit know. is a little wonky, but yeah. um, we should get Mark on the pod. I know we should. That's amazing. Um, Brian Boy commented on Mark's really? uh, post. I need that jacket. Yeah, same. Um, so, but Brian Boy is pretty committed to kind of a look, a, a certain um, uh, mature, tasteful, tasteful uptown um kind of woman. What he called a rich Caucasian woman situation. Yeah. Yeah, so Birkin bags and um not not so much into the avant-garde fashions. Did you get I mean is he I guess his his personal styling definitely leans this way. It's sort of an it's just sort of an interesting choice when we have like I don't know. Well, it was also just because like as I'm sure you remember, like, and you were actually just saying, like, he used to wear this crazy stuff. Yeah. Remember when he wore that big Margiela fur hat? This I was, was looking at a photo of that this morning. Yeah. The whole, like, that was so crazy. I mean, I remember people <laughs> so talking crazy. about that for, like, days after yeah. he wore that. He's definitely got some out there fits. It's not all, like, by any means conservative. And it's an extreme sort of version of the, this character that he's that he's kind of, let's say, portraying or whatever. Yeah. And I think it is a character that he's portraying. Like, I think it's, you know, like he's playing the rich, the rich man's wife. So as Zach far as... is playing his, like, rich man's his child. Nephew. You know? um, as far as the 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 being an influencer or not you guys talked about money a little bit he he wasn't he wasn't super forthcoming but you were able to gather to me it sounded like Brian Boy doesn't make as much money influencing as you think he might but yeah. he does pretty well yeah and i think he d- like there was a moment like maybe 5 or 6 years ago where he was making a lot more money yeah. Is the sense that I got. So there was like some golden moment where the cash was just like flowing. Right. Because yeah. um, my friend Jenna Sowers, who used to be the fashion writer for Jezebel, like many, many, I mean like 10 years ago, wrote a piece about him uh, for The Observer in mm-hmm. like, I think 2010 or 11. Um, and she like couldn't, he like refused to do an interview with her. <laughs> through like an a representative for like WME. Yeah. Wow. Who was like, you know, like he has a lot of media projects in the works and like he can't just do anything right <laughs> now. Um so I think it's like he, you know, I and I think it's like all bloggers have like no bloggers are like making the level of money or that they were, but also like there was this moment where it seemed like these people were going to be like celebrities. Yeah. And I don't remember, maybe it was WME, like, opened, like, a sort of boutique representation for fashion bloggers. And I remember, like, Leandra Medine and I think, like, Ellen Kling were. Who's it? Leandra Medine is Man Repeller, right? So she seems to have done quite well. I mean, she launched a sort of media empire, right? Right, right. (laughs) Or is it just a big... A glorified blog. I it's mean, a what's pretty. The state it's of a that? pretty cool. It seems website. like she she did a good job of becoming almost like a household name. Like I feel like right. non-industry people know of the the man repeller idea. Totally. Which Brian Boy never did. He never really expanded beyond like a pretty niche. Well, thing, I think right? she made her thing is like all about the the voice and like yeah. the 
sort of um, like personal brand that she, she then was able to like hire all of these people who could expand on that right so like she i think she writes on the site like once in a while but for the most part it's like this whole staff this like editorial staff of people it's like goop for repelling repelling men what i mean it's 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 interesting like when you started talking about brian boy for this i thought like whoa like is he still relevant but then i started like re-following him and i was like this guy is the best he's so good for right now i mean what got what made you want to do this right now this story with him well the um i mean i've been interested in a long time in the shift from like fashion blogging to influencer culture to yeah. then like these people becoming sort of like establishment in a way you know like he's been at he's been doing what he does longer than most designers that like we've been paying attention to right like, have been yeah. designing so that was like interesting to me um and just this kind of um I just wanted to like get into this split that like influencer culture kind of caused like it's basically like swallowed fashion blogging whole and yeah. it made something like Rookie Magazine which was like Tavi's magazine that she started after um like sort of as a offshoot of her blog um it made it sort of like impossible because it wanted like influencer culture sort of like demands that you like just take a bunch of selfies. I mean, and if like, you if you type brianboy.com into the into your web browser now, it just redirects you to his Instagram. Does yeah. it? Yeah. And he says no one even reads the captions, which I thought was kind of funny because mm-hmm. um, obviously he's more outspoken on Twitter. And he makes the point that he talked to industry people who said like, oh, I just follow you on Twitter. So, yeah. Um, but it did, it made me think about, I mean, People have sort of already decided that that influencer moment is sort of over, right? Or mm-hmm. has become something else. Like that was kind of a brief idea that there were individuals um, without specific jobs who would, in exchange for money or free stuff, uh, give brands like massive scale exposure that would either massive scale or like very specific exposure that would move the needle for them in one direction or another right Mm -hmm. and like when i think about it and maybe it's just me like there's a handful of like i guess influencers i can think of but mostly it's like people who are already famous like asap rocky or people who work in the industry like sam hine or um or what like i don't know it's hard for me to like imagine that that sort of like unicorn influencer anymore that that like is that really still a thing i'm sure it is on some scale i'm sure like people are getting paid by like hummus companies to uh to like post a little snacking sesh like in the back of their uh their uh vw wagoneer but i think that instagram's uh well i i guess it's really the ftc's rules for um uh, promotion on instagram i think when they started cracking down on influencers um, promoting products but not disclosing them as ads, I think that really hit um, the influencer economy pretty hard because then as soon as you had to like, you know, hashtag ad at the end of a fit pick or a product post or whatever, it becomes kind of corny and turns people off. Yeah. I think for obvious reasons. I think think what you're talking about – what both of you guys are talking about still happens, but it's just not happening at the like highest level of fashion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think part of it is like celebrities started 
doing these like behaviors that were like frankly embarrassing yeah and now they're you know like asap rocky who was like for such a long time i mean he still has this like incredible sense of style he's like the best dressed man in the world for sure but then he was like yeah it's fine like gucci can dress me yeah and i'll just like go wherever they tell me to go yeah which is like what an influencer had to do to like pay their rent you know five years ago but then rocky was like okay cool like i'll do it and he manages to do it in a way that's cool you know um but I think like in terms and there was a period where like Dior was sending influencers like to Paris Fashion Week and they deal they still do things like that. Yeah. But I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's like the full front row is like seated with those people. Right. Right. But this is what always happens, you know, is it's like there's this like threatening presence that moves into the industry. Yeah. People are really afraid of it. And then they start adapting those behaviors yeah, like even at the top yeah. level. It's the best way to eliminate them. Yeah. <laughs> to just absorb uh, everything they do and then uh, they become um, not needed. Who was like the, who was, when you were at style.com, who was like the blogger that everyone disliked most? Um, I really don't know. I, I, I don't know that there was dislike. We were actually kind of getting cozy with them in that very moment. But the ones that I remember were Susie Bubble, Brian Boy, and Man Repeller. Mm-hmm. And but then there was the um, just photographers. So like Tommy Ton was sort of I mean he was shooting street style for style.com but I think the thinking was that he was a blogger and there was the sartorialist and sort of like the right. Well, Tommy put like separate photos on his Tumblr and yeah. separate photos on his own website and then would give you guys other yeah. stuff. Um, and I truly don't. I truly don't. I don't know that I ever knew the names of others. You know, they didn't, they weren't quite on the radar. There was just this general feeling of like a threatening presence, which, you know, I thought was pretty funny because I had just been, personally, I'd been working at Complex, which was not, which didn't have any kind of fashion prestige necessarily other than sort of a streetwear um, gloss. And we had launched Four Pins, which was a fashion blog sort of um, that, you know, there was no face of four pins and four pins didn't have presence at shows, but it certainly was um, had the similar sort of like independent spirit to what was happening in fashion blogging. And, you know, Lawrence was he was the fuck yeah menswear guy like he was a blogger. Um, and then you ruined menswear forever. Yeah. Slash made it what it is today. You created me. Then that was the I day loved, Sam I was born. I loved reading four pins. <laughs> Uh, so, but your that observation, which, which is that there's a threatening presence, exactly what, what you just described, which I don't need to repeat is, um, the smartest thing I've ever heard anyone say. So it's funny though, but you still, I don't know, like even in the, we still say influencer, like you still use the term, but it's just, it's funny. Cause when I really try to think about it, like who are we talking about? It's actually really pretty famous and established people yeah. who just have adapted those behaviors. And like, um, that's kind of, I don't know. It's sort of an interesting thing, but I think to your point, I don't know. There's a plenty of these people who I keep saying this, but just like aren't on my radar. Like you said, like Dior for sure has some community of like, you know, some tier that's probably like, you know, over 200,000 followers in certain markets who have, the right kind of following who they consider important to like, you know, their like marketing efforts or whatever. Like those people I'm sure exist, but yeah. they just I don't. Mean the, yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's like, it's kind of like, um, funny though, to think back, like there was this like very brief moment where 
an influencer kind of person, maybe even before that term was invented, could like show you all this cool stuff that you like wouldn't have otherwise found. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's like something that like that like four pins brought, for example. Or yeah. like I remember like the number of like just really small, weird designers that I discovered through Man Repeller when that like first existed was like really like it was indispensable. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Zach Bia kind of represents an influencer in that sense. Me like too. he's definitely like going to places or wearing things that kids are, hadn't ever heard of. Probably. I mean, he's not. He doesn't seem to be like sharing the credits, and he's not getting paid to do it. But it seems to be like he's operating. Like, what are these destroyed jeans he's wearing? I those love some, those like, destroyed yeah, jeans. Yeah, that's like some. Are homemade. they Y Project? No, it's some like it's some kid with like a a big cartel, you know, or like an Instagram shop or something. Um, I don't know if he would consider himself a fashion influencer, but he definitely, um, he definitely sees it as his role, like in nightlife to put on his homies and to help blow up his friends, like new music. And, um, and that's sort of why he, you know, established a record label and why he DJs a lot. Um, it's a platform for him to, um, you know, help sort of spread the word about his friends projects. The fur hat photo he posted from Jackson Hole is incredible. I know it's That's really so good. good. The fur bucket, he still yeah. really does just look like a frat boy, though. <laughs> I know that's a super derogatory thing to say. I mean, he's cute. He looks very cool, but he has like the uh, disheveled college kid vibe. Yeah, I mean, he you know he's twenty three, and he goes out literally every single night. Yeah, he's had like four days off since fucking two thousand eight. <laughs> I mean, it's basically you know the same as my life except the yeah. opposite like i've been out four nights <laughs> i've been out four or five nights in the last eight years mm-hmm. when zach and i went out i had been going out for probably like a week just because of fashion week shit yeah and by 3 a.m i was i thought i was gonna die i had to go home not even drake could keep me could keep me out <laughs> one thing one one just like random detail from that night that um didn't make it into the story uh, because it's not really relevant to anything, but that I thought was funny is Drake has a custom iPhone that instead of the Apple logo on the back, it's a Nike swoosh that lights up in like rainbow colors <laughs> and just flashes constantly. It's not a case. Yes. Jesus. No, it's not a case. It's built into the phone. It's a Nike swoosh built into the back of the iPhone. Did the, did the person who made that also make his watch with a roulette wheel inside of it? Or his, his horny watch. <laughs> I wanted to find out that the horny watch was Zach Bia's idea. Um, all right. I didn't ask, but. I mean, we, the three of us, I would say, are the most important fashion influencers. Um, we don't have a Patreon or anything, but you could just send us cash and we'll, you know. Use it. Yeah, we'll spend it. We'll spend it on <laughs> Chanel blazers. I do need that. Chan- I do be needing that Chanel blazer. All right, folks. Um, should we do some vibes? Yeah. Um, Thirteen vibes. This is uh, this is what you all came here for. This is why we do it. The not so fast lightning round of the most imp- the thirteen most important things in the world. Rachel, you can go first. I don't have any. Okay, Sam, you can go first. Um, my vibe is Janie Corn. What's that? Uh, Great vibe. I don't even know what I, that is. I discovered is that an influencer? No, Janie Korn is a. 
she's an influential candle maker. Oh, a chandler. Uh, that might be an influencer ish thing. And no? I didn't, I, I didn't know who Janie Corn was until um, I saw. A fr- I ran to a friend the other night um, before the Zach Bia piece came out, and I just mentioned that um, it was dropping, and she said, "Oh, have you seen this Zach Bia candle?" And I said, "No." but I might have to add something to the story about it. Anyway, this woman, Janie Korn, who's um, an artist, uh, created a Zach Bia candle. And um, what I really like about her work is you can submit like a headshot of someone and have, and she'll make a candle of their face for $150. Really good gift idea. Oh, that's pretty sick. Yeah. You guys I'm so fascinated me? by by the process okay. and how she makes them. She did a she did Maybe a Bodhi. I'll get one of B. She made a Bodhi shirt candle. Sure. She made a Prada logo candle. She made a Nomi Fry candle. Shout out Nomi. Anyway, All she right. made a Safety Brothers candle. <laughs> she's she good taste. She's part of the landscape. Yeah. Um. All right. I have a very important important next vibe to tell you guys about. It's the shoes of the season mm. raf simmons oh my god low top yes lace up uh-huh. boots spring summer 20 i just saw i saw that was one of my favorite collections when i thought raf was just really humming um freed from the burden of uh corporate responsibility and that collection had these amazing black like round toe lace up they look they're like lace up shoes with a big tongue that has some text on them um, and they're they're out this week. I just saw Union post them, and I'm uh, sitting here thinking about which one of my organs to sell so that I can buy them. I like a big tongue boot. They're so dope, and in the show, I think they're mostly styled with like shorts and big blazers, which uh, maybe maybe you might catch. Well, I wear shorts to work this in 2020. You wore the you have those um, shorts that are like pants. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Rachel, have you come up with a vibe? I have. Let's hear it. Um, the Instagram account Jodper and Sons, which What's is just amazing, insane, old photographs of people wearing Jodpers, and they're really incredible. wild. They're really, really good. What's the point of those? They're for mostly for like horseback riding. Right. It's really incredible, though. Can I see? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really incredible how much like early menswear stuff. For, I mean, from the early twentieth century, was like borrowed from or stolen, taken from India. Yeah, jodhpurs are an Indian thing, but also the tuxedo was Indian. Yeah, it's like a jacket style. The cummerbund. Yeah, comes from India. Well, colonialization. Exactly. Um, Sam sauce. My vibe is. Uh, these jeans that I just got from Lorad. Mm. Um, so right before uh, Cone Mills, the iconic American denim manufacturer in North Carolina shut down, I think last year, um, Lauren Rodriguez, the designer of Lorad, bought, um, I think, as much uh, as much of their denim as, sh- as she could and um, turned, them, turned them into um, a very nice pair of jeans, which are now available on her web shop. And I got a pair, and they're like they're a really nice, uh, loose fit. Why is that brand called Low Rod? Uh, I think it's her. It's like a 
play on her name. What's Lauren her name? Rodriguez. Oh, Low Rod. Yeah. yeah, makes perfect sense. Um, but I think they're the the perfect jeans. Like the quality of the denim is just so perfect. They're insanely heavy, um, and rigid, and like have a lot of you know structure to them, which is just what I want right now. So, just, anyway, just what we all want. Um, I actually want my next vibe to be <clears throat> to be denim. I think because I was uh, I'm anticipating a couple personal orders to come in, and I realized I got a ton of like lighter denim stuff for spring. Evan has Evan Canori has like a hemp denim, I think, that I got a pant and shirt in, and Engineer Garments has a ton of good denim, like a lighter, not the heavy stiff stuff Sam is talking about, which I also like. Thank you, Sam, for um, offering us that beautiful vibe. But I'm talking about a lighter, like almost a, not a chambray, but like a really washed really and like washed. drapey. It could be dark or light, but like a, a softer um, denim. And that's what I plant. That's the fabric that's going to make magic for me this spring. The magic fabric. Those words don't rhyme. Rachel, you have another vibe? <laughs> uh you can always pass um sam do you have another vibe or do you want to pass i have another vibe which is uh vibe machine over the here. new schritz hats Ooh. Um, oh yeah so big friends of the pod andrew quo and pascal spangeman just uh just dropped some new art bootleg hats andrew um, quo is one of my favorite painters ever and uh it's true me too and um, you can't have the same favorite painters as me. My favorite painters are Andrew Quo, Alice Neal, Claude Monet, Pablo Picasso, Albert P- York, Picasso, um, Renoir. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get the hats uh, at Marlboro Gallery on Saturdays only, I think. Um, all right. The last vibe is from me. It's the totally deranged movie called Mrs. Doubtfire. It's just a completely nice. fucking weird movie starring Hello. Robin Williams. It's super bizarre. It makes no sense. Literally opens with a zoo party. Could never happen. Um, but hey, uh, while you're sitting home quarantined because of the virus you contracted, maybe um, give it a watch. Thanks for coming. This is episode 85 of Corporate Lunch. We we do this for you because we love you. We care about you. We want the world to be a better place for you for you and for us and for me so um invite a friend to listen along with you next time and um subscribe to our feeds if you haven't um write a review write a beautiful review um and we'll see you next time